This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Hello, everybody, and you're very welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network in association with our wonderful sponsors, Wildcard Distribution, Film Equipment Store, and the wonderful Octavid.com, who all do Trojan work in supporting film and TV uh, in this country. So thank you so much. Yeah, really appreciate that. Um, what have we got coming up FNI-wise? Well, we have some really cool stuff actually coming down the, down the tracks. We have a wonderful um, series of classes with Ewan Bremner. Ewan Bremner. If you don't know, was the uh, played Spud in Train Spotting and was the originator of the source material. Um, uh, well, not the not the writer, but he had played um, all of the characters basically in a one man show of Train Spotting initially. Uh, subsequently, was in Wonder Woman, um, uh, Julian Donkey Boy, crea- uh, Creation Stories. More recently on Sky, wonderful, wonderful character actor, actors actor. Um, we're going to be working in association with Screen Skills Ireland. Um, Roscommon uh, Arts, uh, Leash County Council, Kildare County Council, um, uh, Screen Skills Ireland, which I mentioned, and one or two others, and we're really appreciative of their wonderful support for, and they're uh, taking a chance on this wonderful initiative. So thanks so much for your backing. Um, and if you'd like to support uh, FNI Rap Chat, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. And you can donate us a coffee. And if we see it around town, we'll buy you a coffee back because we're sound like that. Um, <laughs> today, uh, this, is a, this is a bit of a treat uh, for people who like great actors, um, people who like comedy, and people who like uh, voiceover. Um, Liam Hurricane, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, welcome back to Dublin two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how are you finding? Uh, how are you finding being here and working in Ireland again? Um, working in Ireland uh, is something that I still have to uh, discover what that's like. Um, no, I have. Have I worked in Ireland since I got back? Um, there was a lockdown. Um, there was an extensive lockdown. Uh, it's great to be back. Um, yeah, yeah, I came back. Uh, was it March okay. 2020? But you're never really home, I, I suppose. When you're, It's just a skip across the water. So you're over there, over here, over there, over here for work, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, what n- differences have you noticed over the years? Because you've lived in the UK for a while, right? Differences between the Irish and the English? Well, not, not, not that specifically, but just in terms of Ireland over the years and coming back and forth in the art scene and stuff. Have you... Have we changed from a distance? Uh, and now that you're back, you've uh, have we? Uh, wh- where do you think we are? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man, I'm well, just in the door. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what you're doing wrong is this, this, this. No, I, 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 to be honest, I really, I couldn't begin to answer that question um, because things are only just getting started again over here. Yeah. So um, okay. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been quite lucky in coming back because I kind of bumped into this old contact of mine. She's fantastic. She she runs the Complex Theatre uh, oh, on Abbey Street, Vanessa. And um, yeah, she just we just started kind of developing a project uh, since I since I got back. So, you know, theatre has obviously not been able to get up and running until very recently um and i haven't seen a play mm. i haven't seen a play in jeez two years or something i directed a play okay. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago okay. which was on in wales um wales you say i do i do that's boyo <laughs> um it was in it was in Fishguard. the uh and um yeah, geez, it was great to great to be back in a theater, especially back in a theater as a Ponzi director. <laughs> now, now I'm back as a Ponzi director. Mm-hmm. When I left, I was an actor. Now, now I'm, now I'm, now I'm a master. Yes, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you've learned all the dar- all the dark arts. Um, yeah, 
I might take you back just, you know, to your kind of inception as a, a creative person. Um, was there an age when you decided that you wanted to be a performer? Um, was there a light switch moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I was nine years old and um, they were doing a play, Queen Beryl and the Romans. <laughs> I grew up in a European school. I, I went to school in European school because my okay. w my dad moved the family to Brussels when we were uh, when I was seven. So Queen Beryl and the Romans. We used to listen to this tape in class, and the guy playing the Roman prefect had this really uh, plummy English voice. You know, it was a character you could really get your teeth into. Yeah. So I was dying to play this character, pompous and scrupulous. <laughs> that, that was his name. <laughs> Right, okay. I was dying to play this part, but it didn't look like I was in the running at all. Uh, the teacher thought, you know, I wasn't that big for my age. I probably didn't come across as being confident enough to play this guy. Um, it looked like it was going to Simon Bill, as a matter of fact, <laughs> who, had a, who, who was rather tall and had a, had a wonderful singing voice. Bastard. There were songs in this. So I was absolutely, I was genuinely devastated. I really, really wanted to do the part. And then uh, I came back home from school. I voiced these um, disappointments to my mother, uh, classic stage mother. She, uh, she phoned the teacher that night and said, listen, give him a chance. He's, he's really good. She took a chance on me. <laughs> so the next day, the teacher said, all right, well, we're going to, you know, we're just going to mix it up a bit. You know, uh, we're going to try a few different people reading different parts. Um, then she gave me the part of Pompous Unscrupulous. And... Um, my skills as an impressionist came into play and I sounded exactly like the plummy uh, English uh, guy who was doing the voice on the tape. So, of course, all the other kids went, wow, that's amazing. So I got the part. And when I played that part, I swear, I've never enjoyed, well, maybe one or two other parts in my career that I've enjoyed that much. But, you know, I mean, it's intoxicating. If, you, if like, the feeling... Like it, it was an it was an it was an overwhelming feeling and an amazing feeling and at that point there was no way I ever wanted to do it, to do anything else. So it was that kind of drug drug. Yeah, you, like, they say you get bitten by a bug. Yeah, and, and that was it. That was absolutely it. Where like where do you think your um, your aptitude for accents and mimicry comes from? Um, my dad was my dad was a quite a good impressionist, and I think that part of it is. Um, I think part of it is 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 genetic. I think I think maybe there is a kind of a a gene. <laughs> My grandmother used to kind of uh, dress up as Charlie Chaplin, you know, and come in with a stick and clown around. So I think that 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 is part of it. Also, interestingly, I was talking to this other impressionist in England, and he had done a thesis on it. He'd done, uh, you know, his masters on impressionism or something, and he had. Uh, his his thesis was that people who are really good at uh, impressions and different voices, different accents, have often grown up in an environment where they've heard a lot of, the, you know, and sure enough, I did, I, I grew up in a European school. Mm -hmm. I went to school, uh, there were Italians, French, Germans, it was a wide variety of accents that I was hearing all the time. So, is it related? Maybe it is. I think it's an interesting idea and it kind of makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans are um, confused why Irish act, actors in particular have a, an aptitude for, for, for accents in a way that maybe American and, and, and a lot of British actors can't. Obviously, yeah. you know. Well, I think the Irish accent is closer to an American accent than the yeah. English accent. Well, the, a lot of you know, Irish actors have no problem with the, a lot of American accents. No, I, I, think it's, I think a big part of it is the R. You know, the Irish R yeah. is the American R. It's the same one. Whereas the English... And that's kind of this, this, the staple of the tone. The yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe because we were raised by American, British and Irish television as well. That's, you know? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I, it is a case maybe... Do you think of being raised by the television? <laughs> maybe. I mean, uh, maybe. Maybe we are a country of impressionists. I mean, if you watch the news, we kind of try to sound English, don't we? Yeah, yeah. You know, the RC, uh Well, I suppose you could you could argue that we were, we've always been, uh, there's always been a sense of pretense of pretending to be somebody else. Definitely. Um, yeah. When did, I, when did acting become a thing, though? Um, as like, in? As in a real thing that you were going to do. Uh, so, I mean, after that play, like, 
I joined all the amateur dramatics companies, English amateur dramatics companies in Brussels. <laughs> and I used to, you know, outside of school hours, I'd be, I'd be doing plays there with them, learning really bad habits, but having a great time. And like bad habits as in, you know, some bad acting habits I learned. Yeah, yeah. Um, though there were brilliant actors. Like there are there are amateur actors who could definitely be perfect. Who are, you know, I've met amateur actors who are better than professional actors. But th there is a difference to the in the approach and mm -hmm. uh, in like, you know, constructing a scene or whatever. But anyway, all those all those years through school, I was I was always doing I did a lot of Amdram and there was never any question but that I'd apply for drama school as soon as I left, which I did. And I applied for five schools in London and I got into, one of them I got into Central, which I was thrilled about because that was Laurence Olivier's school and I was absolutely obsessed with Laurence Olivier as a kid, obsessed yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, so who, who was actually like, he was like, you know, I mean, he, he was the master of disguise really wasn't he i mean you know the way he would change his voice and change his face literally and yeah, throughout yeah. my you know that's just something i've always been really really drawn to the idea of completely changing your appearance like morphing into something morphing else. into somebody else yeah. um <laughs> um so it, theatrically um in it, did you drama after like how long were you in drama school three four years it was three years okay yeah. and what did you what did what habits what habits i suppose tools did you pick up along the way that have served you then over the course of your career? Because <laughs> I, I always get different, yeah. different answers from different actors. It's like, not a great deal. You know, maybe it was a t uh, it was, I was given a toolbox that I don't, occasionally may have to take a wrench out to fix this problem on a yeah. character or whatever else. But by and large, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going on instinct. I mean, uh, when I left uh, drama school, my family were of the mind that I'd actually, you know, become a worse actor than I had been when I went into it. That's not true. <laughs> Definitely not true. They thought I'd become more pretentious as well, which is possibly true. Uh, in three years at acting school, you know, you're in a you're in a bubble there. Most of the world really doesn't give a shit about acting, but you are, you know, you become very passionate about it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I think that. Um, I mean, everybody takes, it depends on who your coaches are, who your teachers are at drama school. I didn't, I, I, it was only kind of years afterwards that I began to really learn about Stanislavski and some other methods like Meisner, which are really interesting. And Ma useful. Meisner is very, is very good. He's very good altogether. <laughs> um. Meisner. Meisner. Um, yeah. Uh, but at, at, at the time, I think, you know, just the age I was and stuff, what really kind of, uh, set my imagination alight was the um, mostly the movement. The, uh, we had an amazing movement instructor called Vanessa Ewan. Ewan Vanessa Ewan, and okay. uh, she used to take us down to the zoo uh, to study the animals. And I absolutely, I loved, <laughs> really, I really loved animal study. I, I just thought it was amazing. And her husband uh, was is I'm not sure uh, Peter Elliot who played Digit in Gorillas in the Mist. He was like, oh. the, he is the, well, before Andy Serkis, he was Mr. Um, Mr. Gorilla, Mr. Chimp. If you wanted to, if you wanted to make a film, if you wanted to make Tarzan or Gorillas in the Mist, you've got him in. Uh, he, he had spent two years on an island studying chimpanzees. <laughs> he was amazing. And uh, so I was fascinated by animal study. And in particular, because I think there again, it was, you know, it's just another way of using a tool to really change your body or change your, you know, you, you can use an animal to change your weight, change your physicality, change your voice, even uh, change the whole atmosphere of a character. I found it really, really useful. So I, I you still kind of apply that logic in terms of like walks and, and, and sta I, statuses and, and, and literally saying, well, what kind of features would this, what characteristics does this character have, animal characteristics? I don't use it as uh, prescriptively as I once did. I mean, you know, there was a time when every time I, I had a new part, I'd go, okay, what animal is he? What animal is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he's a, bit of, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a bit of a cockatoo with a hippo, uh, you know, with that, you know, whatever. I don't know. But I would, I would use it very um, uh, literally then. Now, no, I, I kind of, I, I think um, because I got more into impressions now, Mm -hmm. I think that um, it feels like it, it. It feels like I, I'm 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 more specific when I choose a movement. But 
it's something that you know if you can if 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 a character suggests to you very strongly an animal that's really really good you know it's such a because then you're like okay great you know if a character suggests it's, 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 it's given you a hook straight away to build it immediately yeah. Yeah. immediately yeah 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 um <laughs> so how do you build it like i want to try and separate kind of the comedy stuff from like you're acting acting yeah were. yeah um how do you build a characterization then i mean wow i i find it really fascinating and uh actually i'm thrilled to be talking about this i didn't know which way the interview was gonna you know what we'd be talking about but i i i find i've you know that 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 the process of like Creating a character is that's the most exciting part of acting for me. Really. It's the jigsaw puzzle at the start, right? It is. It's the start of it. Yeah, it's the start of it. And it's like you're taking a bit of this and you're taking a bit of that. I mean, there was a character I played in college and it was the most successful character that I played there. He was a Viscount. He was an 18th century Viscount. Uh, it was in a play called The Art of Success. He was a rancid character, syphilis ridden. Like horror. Is that, that is that his name? Syphilis Ridden. <laughs> syphilis Ridden. Now, just judging by the last character you played. <laughs> Hello, I'm Syphilis Ridden. <laughs> what was Good his day. Name? He was, he was Good morrow. Oliver, and and I just I, I I just had all of these images that I was using. Uh, I had you know obviously an animal was there. What yeah. it was a lizard. I think I, I had a lizard for him, and then I had like you know you know Margaret Thatcher was one of the characters. Um, um, with Mel, <laughs> I think was one of the characters. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, and so, so, so the more images, like the more images that come in the early stages of creating a character, the better. And if a voice can come out of that, you know, like Mar I mentioned Margaret Thatcher and sure enough, there was, there was a voice began to come out of that, you know, and a physicality that began to come out of. So, you know, it, 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 there I had about eight, eight really strong images that were like firing my imagination. And, and you know, sometimes you'll get a character and you're struggling to find one image, you know, and it's, it feels blank. It feels opaque. Opaque, I don't know what that word means, but... Uh, I think it's transparent, isn't it? Opaque. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, oblique, I don't oblique, know. Opaque, opaque. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, you just, you're kind of is blank and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, and then, you know... Because you know, even if even if ultimately it's you don't transform your voice or your body, yeah. the more of those images you've got there feeding into. Well, you character. have material. You have you have material. You're building. You're literally building. Exactly. A, building a character. Exactly. Dismissing something and adding something and building in clay. You know, clay. You're literally adding and taking away. Exactly. I mean that, and that's very. That's all very visual, right? Yeah. And and that's. I think Olivia used to work like that. Me and Olivia, you know, we're very, Me and very, him, we're like very, fucking very similar that. in many ways. No, but I did. I used to read all his all his biographies and stuff. And I yeah, know yeah. that, for instance, when he did Richard the Third, which was, uh, and that his Richard the Third was. Well, he had. Was, that's when he had his little bob, wasn't it? Uh, he had his <laughs> incredibly black, shiny wig. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was so obsessed with his characterizing agent that, and I know that he saw that character as an oil painting. You know, before he oh. even began to become that character. So, you know, all of that's really very visual and sensual. But, you know, then, you know, you've got to find, create an emotional life as well. And that's different kind of work, isn't it? Like, you know, what was what was the character's background and what was their growing up and... Building their psychology. Yeah. yeah. But I think what's really helpful is if you can go, oh, this person is like that person who I know. Yeah. When you have... To, uh, do you agree? Like, if Yeah, you no, can, you need if a you start, frame of reference. Yeah, yeah, then you're like, okay, thank God. Okay, so he's kind of this type of person. Oh, he's got a bit of that. He's doing that. Mm -hmm. that person is always doing that you know uh yeah I, I, I like not labeling not labeling or judging but you need to you need to you need a uh, you need you need a, a gauge in which to kind of frame them yes. you know it's like like you don't paint as broad strokes as good or bad no but you need a reference of someone who was bad or so, who was or has characteristics that you don't find appealing in order to find a way in or vice versa exactly yeah um like you're an actor's actor, you work or you you work a lot. You job as mm -hmm. well, and you've you know mm -hmm. you've done a lot of a lot of TV kind of doing various different bits and pieces, and mm -hmm. um, with you know various amount of amounts of screen time and TV and film, mm -hmm. um, and you know it's like our part podcast primarily is about it's advice driven. It's you know it's um it's it's constructive. Mm -hmm. um, and we deal with kind of the we talk openly about kind of the ups and downs and mm -hmm. mind, mindfulness associated with mm -hmm. with doing work like this because yeah. it's snakes and ladders, right? Yes, definitely. Um, 
how do you deal with kind of the ups and downs re- and rejection in particular? Because re- rejection is there is, is an cruelness. unbelievable amount of rejection. I mean, and I certainly haven't noticed that getting any, you know, any better. <laughs> uh, it's not like I'm getting any less rejection. Yeah. I'm getting rejection all the time. Yeah. yeah. Every single day. Um, and, and that's, yeah, I mean, in a way we, we develop really thick skins. <laughs> I think like I a think... lizard that you're going to build a character. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Like a, uh, like a, a Komodo dragon. I think that, I mean, I really think that a, a large part of you has to, um, you, you have to have a kind of a, a slightly, uh, fuck you attitude. I think, you know, uh, cause it's very easy to, to, to take on board somebody else's opinion, you know, like, I mean, for instance, I don't read reviews. Well, unless somebody says there's a great review. And <laughs> yeah. You're, you're and I'll devour it hungrily <laughs> and remember every single word. But if I know that there's a bad review out there, I won't go near it. I don't want to read anything about myself in print that's not, uh, you know, blowing smoke, a lot of smoke up my ass. Um, so, yeah. And, you know. That's not an like ego. For, that's for, not necessarily an, an ego thing. That's a self-preservation thing. And it's, yes. it's, it's concentrating yes. on the positives. I think it's a self-preservation thing. Absolutely. Because, you know, you, 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 some, you, you read a bad line about yourself and it will absolutely crush you for a yeah. day or two, possibly even more. Possibly you'll never forget that line for the rest of your life. I can remember bad reviews from, uh, you know, from, from, from 25, 30 years ago, the exact lines that were used, you know. So uh, you don't you don't want that in your in your head at all, uh, and you want to you know you want to keep you want to keep that positivity that you're talking about that mindfulness that's so so important I think mm-hmm. I mean at the moment I'm I'm uh, I'm looking for uh, I, I I have a voiceover agent I don't have an acting agent at the moment okay. I've been writing to agents sometimes you don't even get a reply from them whatsoever which is just rude mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, you're like, well, what, what do you want me to do? Did you read my CV? Maybe they didn't. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, yeah. really, uh, ultimately, I guess everybody's just, you know, trying to trying to do their own thing. And and, and, and I think also, I, I think also as an actor, you can take things personally and you shouldn't because probably no one's... Is the, it surely, it's, it's a convergence of both things, isn't it? I mean, sometimes we can take things a little bit too much to heart and... Sometimes it can be an oversight, some things, yeah. you know, from the other perspective, from their perspective. Yeah. I'm not t- talking expressively about, about casting directors, but mm. sometimes, you know, it's like what you said about not people not caring about acting. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> casting directors don't really care about acting. Some of them couldn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I mean that in the, in the, in the yeah. nicest way. But what we also try to do is to talk about topical stuff here, about how people deal with stuff like that and, and fairness and, and, and transparency within the industry as well. Mm, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it should be a case in this country where, you know, people are obliged. Some are much, like casting directors in particular in this country, some are much better at being decent human beings. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. hundred percent. You know, where they will quite honestly and openly engage with you and go, there's nothing now or, yeah. you know, or I'll keep you in mind in a very nice and pleasant way in professional yeah. manner. Yeah. Or they will call you in out of decency. Yeah every so often to see how you are, even if you're not specifically good for one thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and they're the good people and they're the ones you should focus on. And yeah. the same applies to agents. As somebody who's worked in the UK and now back in Ireland, um, and I've had an agent in the UK previously as well, I found, and you can give me your opinion about mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether you agree or not, do you, do you think that in this country, agents maybe have the perception that the actors are working for the agent instead of maybe the other way around? Mm-hmm. And that, uh, mm-hmm. in, g- in general terms, you know, artists in this country need to be uh, maybe a little bit more respected, a little bit more appreciated, especially after the l- last two years we've had. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's. A, I think that's a very good point. I, I really do. I mean, I think that. I think a bare minimum is to acknowledge mm-hmm. something and. Sorry, that's just going back to my own thing about not getting a response from somebody. You know, like I, I, I find that you know because because I think that actors are putting themselves on the line all the time. Yeah, and I think it, you know, I like what's the difference between here and and England? I think that here is so much smaller a pool mm-hmm. that I think that maybe people are. I think there are elements of the industry that are maybe less ambitious. And can be and can be a bit lazy, you know. That that will approach things more lazy, and you know, I'm not going to attempt to get into the mind of an agent, but it strikes me that maybe 
you know, they'll say, okay, well, I have these actors on my books. Fine. We're doing fine. It's, it's going fine. Why do I need to, I don't need to look at anything else. I don't need to look at any, at any other people coming in, you know, because mm -hmm. the work isn't there anyway, yeah. they might think. Um, England is obviously much, much bigger. And I think that, you know, there are more, there are more players, there's more competition. There's, you know, so I think because of the sheer size of it is easier to get a foothold somewhere, maybe, mm -hmm. you know. I, I do, I do. When I come back here, I, I do, I, I've, I, I'm suddenly reminded, you know, that, that, wow, I feel like I'm up against a brick wall again. And yeah, it's not yeah. just in acting, it's in other elements of art, because, <laughs> you know, I do. You're an artist as I, well. I right? paint as well. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I just think, yeah, the, the, you know, you do. You feel like you're up against a brick wall some of the time. Do you think it's because all Irish people hold grudges or yeah. make, make immediate, immediate judgment, judgments and never forget it for the <laughs> rest of their the life? <laughs> no, I, I, it's cliche, but it's kind of true, I think. I mean, like even some of my friends in London, it's like, you know, you get called in for stuff. You get called yeah. in, you don't get it. You'll get called. You're not dismissed because you didn't get cast five times. You know, yeah. By the same cast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah. That kind of thing. Like, yeah. there was a suggestion. Uh, we, we ran an online event um, and I and had them on the podcast as well, Irish Equity, recently. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that I asked was, are, you know, what are we, what are you guys doing to create more of a community where mm -hmm. we can talk about this stuff and engage? And why aren't there, you know, uh, rules in place where certain, for example, in terms of actors, you know, every casting director has to see every actor on every agency's books mm -hmm. at least once a year mm -hmm. as a check-in courtesy, professional courtesy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that everybody gets seen, so they yeah. know who's out there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Why doesn't stuff like that happen? You know, yeah. Why aren't uh, people engaging? And it's not just about casting directors; it's about a general um, check-in, mindfulness, consider humanity, consideration yes. for other artists. Yes, yes. Yeah. And yes. if they fuck up, great. You know, whatever. You were, yeah. you were right not to call them in. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, it, it it is a thing. I think where. Yeah. Do you think where, you know. Do you like a lot of actors don't mind not getting a part, but they do mind not getting seen for a part? Yeah, I mean, like I think generally the rule is like, um, yeah, you mind not getting seen for a part. You don't mind getting the part if you feel like you did a good audition, mm -hmm. and you know you did it justice. At that point, you can let it go, and I think that's really important. I mean, all of what we're saying here, I, I think, you know, how do you, it started off by saying how do you keep yourself, you know. How do you keep yourself going? <laughs> and and it is true that like as an actor, if the you hate, just, the hate keeps me moving. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> no, as an actor, you've got you've got no power. Yeah. And you're waiting for somebody else to give you a job all the time. For me, that is a terrible, terrible way to live. I I can't stand living that way. And and, you know, I came to that conclusion quite a while ago, and that's why I started, kind of doing, uh, just doing my own stuff because. Yeah it's you don't want to leave you don't want your whole life to go by and you're just waiting for something like fuck that and why and and it makes you angry as well because you know why should you wait for other people to give you permission to do something you shouldn't you should you should think what you want to do and then you should just take steps to do it and there's always a way really mm -hmm. you know okay you are always going to be trying to persuade in the arts and in our art in particular you're always going to be trying to persuade people to do something, to give you money or to do a part for free or to mm -hmm. give you a chance to look at something. That's across the board. You know, is it in that book, Easy Riders? Uh, um, Raging Bulls. Raging the, Bulls. The Peter Biskin. Peter Biskin. And it's like, you know, those, you know, those young Dennis Hopper and all those guys in Hollywood. You know, they didn't they would, wait. No, they're waking up in the morning and they're going, who do I hustle today? <laughs> Which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a good way of, as a man of 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 uh, middle age, middle uh, yeah, advanced, <laughs> advanced. Middle what age. what what tips would you give? The, would would you give actors to stay sharp, to keep busy? Uh, you know, I mean, I go to the gym every day. I think that's. I think it's good to have some kind of structure in your life, and sometimes that's the only bit of structure that I have in my life is the gym. But it's good because it it makes you feel good, and you know if you're doing it enough then it will make you look good as well or look better or you or know more confident whatever it may be more yeah, confident, yeah. yeah and that's so i you know i think going to the gym is is um is is a good one i mean there was there was a i'm not doing it at the moment but i was meeting regularly with other friends and we do like scenes for camera right. sometimes people would come and they had a casting and we'd do their you know we'd do their self-tape 
with that, you know, maybe three or four people and we'd meet, we'd meet once a week. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good thing to do because, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you're acting. And, <laughs> you know, if you've got an audition or something, then, you know, I think when you get a self-tape, I think you really, you know. Yeah, how do you, you feel really, how, how do you feel about self-taping? I much prefer it. I mean, but you know, you've, but you've, they, you've they, been doing it for so long as well, I guess, right? Yeah. In your other work. In my other work, I'm quite used. To, yeah, I feel like I prefer to have that control over the performance that I'm giving yeah. to somebody because when I used to go into the room, sometimes you'd go like, "What what happened in there?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when things just tend to spiral out of control sometimes. I know. I, I, I had a really big audition one time. And I just it was the worst experience of my life, where it was just like going in. I was like on the ball. I'd nailed it. You know, the, the, you know, the night before the lines backwards. Yeah. Nice and relaxed. Yeah. Walked in. Yeah. Just the arse fell out of everything. Like gone. It's horrible, isn't Has it? that ever happened to you? Oh, absolutely. And sometimes like you're there and you really need to be in a certain mind frame to do the scene. And then, you know, you go in and they, and they start asking you, you know, stupid questions like, you know, they try to have a chat with you. Yeah. You're like, I don't, I really don't want to have this chat right now because I'm supposed to be a different character in a completely different situation. <laughs> yeah, and you're asking me about how my kids are or whatever, you know, or, yeah. you know, what the weather's like. <laughs> I yeah, know. And, and, and they're trying to put you at, their, at your ease, in fairness to them. Wait, you don't, yeah, where, whereas you'd much rather go ready, steady, go. Exactly, Here we are. Exactly. Talk to me afterwards. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, and but like casting uh, directors can be terrible sight readers as well, which doesn't help. <laughs> no, I but I, 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 I agree with that. And as... You know, as someone who self-types a lot, I do, I, I enjoy the agency of that. Yeah. Being able to go, and I may not be right, but it, it's like, yeah. okay, I want that one, that one to go. Exactly, you know? exactly, um, yeah. And it's important who you do them with as well, I think. You know? Yeah, yeah. It can't just be like, you know, your mum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I got my nephew. It was you, Fraser. To read, to read the lines to me once, and that was really, it was. Yeah, bad idea. I know it was you, Fredo. <laughs> um... How, you know my mom. Yes, she 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 she, she, she reads with me all the time. Um, <laughs> so, um, you're, just to get back to your journey, um, you start picking up work then eventually, um, like every actor who hangs around long enough. <laughs> yeah. um, what's it like working on English sets? Uh, very, very enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I love working on... on I mean, I love working on any set, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, getting collected by car and everybody asking you whether you'd like tea or coffee all the time and if you're okay. I mean, you know, who <laughs> wouldn't like that? <laughs> um, so it's good. It's really good. It's great. Um, um, enjoyable experiences you've had kind of early on? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think... I got it. the the globe Shakespeare's globe was sorry. Are we talking about sets or just or in e- general? E- either or, um, like what were kind of formative or important experiences in terms of keeping throwing wood on the fire as it were and keeping you going. I didn't do much television until um, I was about ten years into my career. I started off doing a lot of theatre and a lot of Shakespeare, wow. and uh, the second job I got was at Shakespeare's Globe. Wow. Where Mark Rylance was the artistic director, and that was that explains your excellent Mark Rylance uh, impression. I feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel very cruel when I do that. I feel like it's somehow a terrible act of betrayal. He was very kind to me. He gave me pretty much my first role, and and that experience at the Globe was one of the best experiences I've had in my life. It was brilliant. What flattery, you know? It, it is. It's a homage, right? Yeah, it's a, it it's an homage. If anybody's like, I don't think any any form of. You know, impression or mimicry should be taking uh, taken af- offensively, unless the, the content of the words yes. is is slanderous in any exactly. way. Exactly. You know, um, exactly. I think if it's flattering or if it's funny in some way, you know, it can take a turn uh, down an, an avenue that it shouldn't go. Sometimes with some people, absolutely. But otherwise, you should be happy. Somebody. And I think most and I think most people are really flattered by an impression. I heard I did Jacob Rees Mogg in the Tracy Ullman show, and right. I heard that he was. Absolutely thrilled by it. <laughs> oh my word! Yes, uh, immortalized, immortalized by Tracy Ullman, no less. <laughs> Nanny was thrilled. <laughs> um, um, but the Globe was brilliant. I mean, I wasn't doing much. I was early on in my career. I was like second spear carrier. I was doing a bit of this, a bit of that. There was one scene 
where, you know, really, it was me and this other guy. We were soldiers in um, in Parthia, wherever the hell Parthia was. And, you know, nobody knew what was going on in the scene or what we were even saying. I'm not sure we even knew what we were saying. So I began to, you know, mix it up a bit, try and make it a little more interesting by <laughs> doing different accents. So, you know, one day I came in and I decided I'd do Scottish. And I started going, uh, no, noble Ventidius, whilst yet with Parthian blood thy sword is warm, etc., etc. And I turned around and I saw that everybody was pissing themselves laughing uh, <laughs> upstage, uh, including this hilarious, uh, brilliant Welsh actor called Mark Lewis Jones. Um, and he began to <laughs> really get into this. And he'd come up to me before the scene every night and he'd go, I, I think we might have, I think we might have, uh, <laughs> I think we might have Yorkshire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so then I go on and go well, noble Ventidius whilst yet with Parthian blood thy sword is warm etc etc and then it started getting really silly and I started doing impressions of like famous actors and eventually we got to Pacino who was who noble Ventidius <laughs> and that night uh, Al Pacino was in the audience he was not Gee, really <laughs> yeah Jesus Christ um yeah, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. Who's your favorite person to do and why? Um, I think Jerry Adams was was probably my favorite person ever to uh, impersonate because um, purely because of the power of um, what he stands for. So mm -hmm. you could get so much comedy out of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, so, it's, it's, Powell, it's so heavy. Fine, you, know? But, you know, he's in his, he's, 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 he's this very silly world he's in anyway. Whereas, exactly as you say, Adams is in, is in extremely, extremely serious, <laughs> very, very staunch yeah. reality. <laughs> there's such a there's such a weight to everything, isn't there? That's right. There's such a so weight gravity. to everything, and we uh, we just I don't know. We just we I think the first thing we did was Jerry Adams cribs. And then <laughs> Jerry Adams, jackass. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, there's just limitless, limitless amount of material. You could get. Everything, you, everything I did as him was funny. And I, and I put in these big goofy teeth as well. And just, you know, before I even said anything, people were laughing. So if you've got an impression like that, then that's brilliant. And I also look freakily like him. In fact, what? even more freakily like his brother. The, really? Uh, yes, the... The other one exactly <laughs> yeah 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 he he who, who shall remain nameless yes um, indeed so as you said it, it was a while before you start getting tv work and then comedy stuff is coming up um but we'll jump a little bit ahead and talk about your new film um la chacha um what's it like kind of entering that world because as somebody who's seen the film mm -hmm. it's it's been out in the uk a few weeks now mm -hmm. um or it was, it was. Um, first of all, what was it like working with Kevin Allen? Kevin Allen, if you don't know, guys, directed Twin Town, and this is um, not a direct follow-up, but certainly has some nods to the original, original subject material. Um, what was it like working on that? How did that come about? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that was like a, 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 a piece of outrageous good fortune. It was absolutely just a bolt from the blue. Because uh, I hadn't, you know, the industry had gone completely dead. I hadn't heard, you know, a thing from anybody for at least, what was it? It was, the lockdown had begun in March. And then I got a call in July, yeah. out of the blue. Uh, would you like to read for this? You know, it's an independent film. It's a low budget film. Mm -hmm. Of course, I wanted to read for it. And then I just chose a section of the script. You know, just said, yeah, you know, choose any that you like and you know so it was very kind of relaxed it wasn't like do these sides which already i liked because then i could go through the script and i could go okay well this bit mm -hmm. and i chose a bit that surprised him uh, that i had chosen it and um and i played it very very real and very intense you know and it's a ridic it's ridiculous but the humor comes out of it being done very you know like the best comedy you know what's the funniest films you've ever seen with nail and i is you know but they're, silly very, situations. they're very but they're very serious so intense yeah, exactly yeah. so it's i tried to do that well know? it's that scene in in with nail isn't it when he comes back from the when he comes back from the jacks and with the irish character <laughs> yeah it's the most real intense scenario in the whole world absolutely but, but i have a heart condition <laughs> yeah Exactly, me, it's, it's murder. It's brilliant. He 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 does. He looks he looks absolutely like he is about to to start crying. Yeah, and he probably is. 
But you know, uh, that's why that that's one of the reasons why that film is so funny because the acting's so so Spot intense. On. Yeah, I, I worked a little bit with um, Mark McGann, Paul McGann's brother, Oh, brilliant! And um, he was telling me just some. You know, just, he was also hanging out with the guys at that time as well. Mm. Obviously, because it was his brother and. Yeah, just it was just debauchery and fun, 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 fun. You know that uh, Richard E. Grant uh, is a teetotaler. Yeah, even during that period. Yeah, yeah. But he did. He just he, he needed to know what it felt like to be pissed all the time. So one 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 day he drank half a bottle of vodka or a bottle of vodka. Jesus Christ! And that was it. That was after that. He just it was all muscle memory for him. <laughs> I mean, there's never been somebody who, who looked more convincing drunk than he is in that film. It explains his youthful looks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's the cast list for this film um, is, you know, there's a lot of cameos there, obviously, like really fantastic cameos. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was it, you know, what, 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 what was it that attracted you to the film? But obviously, you know, <laughs> what wasn't it that attracted you to the film? What was it like just kind of hanging out? Because it seems like it was very much a kind of summer camp vibe with some great people yeah, so socializing. It yeah, it was. It kind of felt like a, a festival, a prolonged festival. Already it's in a really, really pretty part of Wales. It's in the Gower. Mm-hmm. It's on a campsite. There are horses. There are goats. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> there are now chickens there. And there are all sorts of kind of, you know... Actually, a lot of, there was a real kind of, you know, the type of people that you might find at Glastonbury, there was an element of that, you know, like people who like, you know, be, be involved in setting stuff up in, you know, music or, or building. Pagan rituals or. Pagan rituals, exactly. <laughs> Human sacrifice. There was definitely a pagan vibe. You know, there were campfires at night. Uh, Genuinely, like, as I said, as I've watched it quite recently, there was some wonderful just wonderful one-liners and a sense of camaraderie and mm-hmm. a sense of everybody having a good time yeah. in a really positive way. And I was like, ah, uh, that's what filmmaking is. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's what this yeah. carnival atmosphere is. And particularly, uh, you know, the last scene embodies that as well. Yeah. Without giving anything yeah. away. It was that kind of, like, con- the cha-cha, conga dance of, yeah. of, of creatives yeah. having fun and inviting you in. Yeah, I think that's that's a lovely thing uh, to say and I'm really really glad that you got that vibe. I felt that. I thought I think it's a magical film. Yeah. And uh, it made yeah, me it made me feel a lot better afterwards. I was I was yes. I was I was I was springing around the place. Afterwards. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's it's positive. Great. Yeah. And I think, you know, d- that's a, a da- and it is called la chacha, isn't it? It's yeah. it's it's a dance and you know there you know dance is inherently a joyous thing isn't it yeah so yeah. so i think you should leave feeling joyous i certainly left feeling joyous but then again that's because it was you know the first lead that i've ever had in a feature <laughs> i went in feeling <laughs> pretty joyous as well um <laughs> so what, what's it like when you turn up on set and you know you're seeing a lot of people and i don't just mean you know people that worked in big movies that's not what i mean but you know actors that you respect to from from other shows and they're popping yeah. around and then even some actors, you know, I wasn't aware of, but they've incredible timing. Yeah. Especially some of the Welsh actors, oh, lesser known actors. You're like, who the fuck is that guy? I know, I know, you know, I know. What's it like working in that environment? But there's so much going on all the time and you're trying to, you, you're trying to find a, a through line of your own performance in that. What's that like? So I, I was, you know, going into it, I was, I, I had a certain amount of trepidation and I said to Kevin, like, I've never played a lead before, I, you know, yeah. and but he he was brilliant and he did, he, he's responsible for creating all of that atmosphere that you've described. So seems like he's very liked. Uh, he is very liked and very respected. And he, he got, um, you know, he, he drew in an enormous amount of support within the community, you know, Swansea at large, you know, yeah. people, people were, I mean, it's amazing. You know, they're donating um, caravans for people to stand there. They're they're donating drones to get drone footage. You know, the whole community like supported him. So he's a bit of a you know. I, I suppose with Twin Town and you know the person that he is, he has a lot of friends and he has a lot of support and maximum respect to him. Going into that, I went to. I had no idea what 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 even to expect in it. You know, because I didn't even have time. I hadn't watched Twin Town by the time I went over there. I was just like, yeah, okay, lead in a film, of course, yeah. And then I suddenly found myself, like, within a couple of hours, like, whoa, this is just, this is a ridiculous piece of luck. Because you go through your whole career 
you know, fighting tooth and nail to for get lit, a small for, yeah. walk-on part in something. And then suddenly, like, felt like it had just been handed to me on a plate, a lead part in an exciting film with a, a, a ridiculous cast and, uh, you know, a, a cult director, you know, uh, who's, who's doing really, really interesting stuff, has a really interesting approach to filmmaking. It was ridiculous. I, you know, that was one of the best months of my life because I was able to, you know, act in a way that I've always wanted to act, which is to really uh, inhabit something. To really inhabit something, exactly, and to and to and to have not just one day on a shoot where you know you've got it, but you know, day after day, and your acting is getting better each day, obviously, because. <laughs> You're getting more and more relaxed and you're, you know, and that's you're getting to know the people, right? You're getting to know mm -hmm. the people mm -hmm. and then you're seeing that what you're doing is not awful. You know, like that was a big thing for me that I, I, I went out for a pint with Kevin's brother, Keith, I think in the second week or something. Yeah. And he said, you're doing a great job. And like that was after that, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Somebody, yeah. because he's a fucking brilliant guy. Have you ever had another uh, fellow actor say, fuck off? so many times to you <laughs> it just seems as if he spends the whole film telling you to fuck off either under his breath or directly to you <laughs> fuck yeah. off and, and when the cameras weren't rolling <laughs> I think he pretty much says that to everybody all the time fuck off fuck off <laughs> um, and what was it like as well working with um, kind of the like what would be perceived to be the kind of newer generation like Alfie Allen and 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 and, and the circus and Ruby Cir Circus yeah. and and well, I must say, like those. I mean, th those two were just like they were brilliant. That we had our caravans were were right next to each other, and we were, you know, it was kind of us there the whole time. Yeah. We those were the people, you know. Other people came and went during the shoot, but it was us three that were there from the start all together. And the first day that I got there, I met them. They were their their dad, Andy Circus, drove them down from London. And I think part of the reason he drove them down was to kind of suss the exactly <laughs> suss this place out and, you know, make sure that it was all okay for them to do. Because they're, you know, pretty young, I guess. Like she's Well, early twenties, right? Early twenties, yeah. And uh but yeah. Um, and did you and did I you mean, become did you become a bit of a mentor figure? Or? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, I love the, oh yes, no, yes, no. What, what, no, what you're doing there is is mm. lovely, but just Darling. tone it down a little bit. That's what I'd say to them every day. <laughs> Sorry, could you just yes? Well, they were born. You're on the coming stage, in right? on top of my line. Mm. Um, no, I didn't. I don't think I became a mentor to them. I mean, uh, their dad is Andy Serkis. I think if their mother, if, if anybody should become a mentor, it's probably their dad. Um, <laughs> he knows a bit more about. About it than me, but we but we got on like a house on fire, and that was very important because she was my love interest in it, mm -hmm. and I'm twice her age, and you know that that could have, you know, I was a little worried about that. I thought, what's what's how's that going to come across? But because she's like, she's very strong and she's mature and she's brilliant actor. Well, she plays a lot older. She okay. plays a lot older, yeah. But because we had. Uh, so much uh, respect and affection for each other. I think that comes across. And I think that that love story, you know, okay, it's me is doing it, but I do think it's credible. And I think it's, and I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a love, it's a sweet, it's a sweet story. No, it is. It works. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, similarly, I was, you know, when I'm obviously watching the film and doing a bit of research, I didn't know what age she was, yeah. which is a good sign. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I think it really works. Um, she plays older and I play younger. Yeah, you, know? you, well, yeah. you do, you know, yeah. right? and it, you make it work. I mean, it's yeah. a film. It's fucking, exactly. it's make-believe. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for you ah. starting out? Oh, yeah. What would you say to yourself? Definitely, I would say... Fuck um, off! I <laughs> fuck off, you can't. What are you fucking doing? <sighs> you jerk. <laughs> I'd say, uh, oh, fucking hell. I'd say just like start, you know, just start doing your own thing a lot earlier, a lot earlier, mm. and don't wait for anything to happen. I would say, if I was talking to myself at drama school now, I'd say form a company as soon as you leave here. Form a theater company. Mm. That's. I think that's what I. If I had it, if I was doing it again, I'd, I'd start my own company. 
and start doing stuff that I really wanted to do in Major League. And the other stuff might come, you know, but there's no point hanging around. Really no point hanging around. The advice I'd give to myself now, <laughs> to my 45-year-old self. Don't do podcasts. Don't. <laughs> don't. I'd say uh, focus. Focus is, yeah. focus is, is the thing mm -hmm. uh, that I think that's really important. Um, and because, yeah, there's like, you know, there's lots of different ways to go at something, but I think focus, focus, and just keep on, and, and persistence, just keep on doing it. Just keep on doing, keep on doing the same thing over and over again. Like, how many success stories have you seen from that? People just doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just, you know, might be boring for some of the time, but, yeah, but you it know, it gets results. Then. Well, it's authentic, right? If they're yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, at exactly. least they're doing something which is authentic. Yes, exactly, exactly. But always be doing something, I think. Yeah, stay sharp. Stay sharp, yeah. Yeah, so you heard it here, guys. Read, form a company, <laughs> go to the gym. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if at all possible, do as many impressions as you can. <laughs> um, listen, thank you so much. Um, I'm a big fan of particularly The Last Security Man. Oh, yes. Which I think was, you know, was an RT Storyland thing that you did. So not a big yeah. budget thing, but I thought it was a gr like a, a great show that should have been so much bigger. Yeah. Just because of the scope and fun of it and the silliness of it. it I know. Like, well, we, you know, we could always bring it back. Oh, I think there's definitely a home for that character. There is, isn't there? There really is. Yeah. I, I just, like, my, my, a couple of my friends worked on Jerk some bits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what, what uh, Clean and Heavy? Is that what the name is? Clean and Heavy. That's the, your vision. <laughs> your vision, actually. Genuinely, I think it was, like, a really serious missed opportunity by national broadcasters not trying to expand on that, especially with stuff. And it's a, weirdest thi like, it's a weird thing as well. I was involved in Storyland in, like, 2000 and nine eight or nine when it started as well in one of the shows uh -huh. and they didn't really know what to do with it yeah so they have these great concepts and they don't know where to stick it yeah well it, you know i know i know where they should stick things. <laughs> but um, but my you know, like it's kind of evolved now and then they have like player originals and all these different things so there is there are ways to get that stuff in yes okay and, yeah but i don't think they know at all where they're Target audiences or the demographics are, yeah, know? okay, yeah, which is which yeah. is a shame. There, there's yeah. not enough lab development of, of of talent. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It, yeah. It, it seems to be getting a bit better, you know. But they've had ten years of, you know, storyline shows in particular, mm -hmm. and I think only one or two of them have went to series. Right. Yeah. And that's a poor return for the output. You know. Yeah, that that is. They should there should be more going to series. Yeah. And maybe just you know. And there was a couple maybe, of those. Was a couple maybe, of those. One yours being one of them. You know. Yeah. Maybe a bit of workshopping, a bit of, you know... What, what worked in all of these things? Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. Aren't, why aren't there more kind of experimental anthology things about these things that worked and yeah, make them work? Yeah, you know? I think so, I think so. Um, but that was genuinely, and like a, a <laughs> big fan of all your in, in, creative interpretations, but Thanks particularly that, I think it's really a lot of fun. That was a great characterization. Thank you. Um, thanks so much for your time. A, a pleasure to talk to you, thanks. Thank you so much, and take good care. Thanks. <laughs>